From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Welcome back, everybody. It's The Big and Wild Outdoors, (laughs) hour number two. You better be careful on you. Braden, Glenn, Jonathan, and Bill George, and a little bit later on. I know on, he uh, means that with love. It's okay. Vincenzo Nobel uh, from uh, Living the Water Life says he's going to grace us with his presence at 9 o'clock, so we'll see what goes on there. He wants to tell us all about his trip in Louisiana. Well, that'd be good. It'd be interesting to see what he caught. Let's well, let's see how the water is off of Louisiana, see if it's any better than we have around here. Hi, Jim. Good morning. How are you, my friend? Hey, guys. How y'all doing this morning? I'm great. We're doing good, <laughs> man. Phones are working. I just out, got them back up and running. That's a good thing. It's always good. Hey, talking about talking about the uh, trail cams. You know, everybody's going to have their pros and cons about it. But you know, on a on a positive side, is you do get out there and get to see what you have in your area. And I myself have seen many deer out there that normally, if I would not have seen them and compared them to others on the camera, that they may have been shot. But you see others out there that say, you know what, these are, like, I've got three deer that I basically, when I hunt, I'm hunting for three deer. And let many, many walk by me. And it also gives me a chance to see the does to see if they actually have young with them that are still feeding with them. And, you know, that way you say, okay, you know, these certain amount of does here, you know, nobody shoot these does here because they have young and they're still good breeding stock. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of good things to do with trail cameras. I agree with you. I just, me personally, I've never really uh, used them. I did buy one last year. Actually, I had it for about three years, and I used it last year for a short period of time till it was dropped from the ladder stand <laughs> to the ground, and it no longer is functional. No, but you, you, you've had other cam- but, cameras in the past. but they, uh, uh, The 110 you, cameras, you know, back when you had to put the 110 film in it. Oh, I, yeah. I had those. Oh, yeah. They go get it developed. Yeah, so it was really a more of a – it was exciting to see what was going to be on the film when you got it developed, only to have a bunch of shadows, a couple of squirrel, and uh, that 24 roll was over with, with squirrels and raccoons. Yeah, for $16. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, t- trail cameras come a long way, and there is some benefit and some use uh, for it. Me personally, I always just I – uh, I can see where people would take advantage of a situation to see where things are at and, you know, just go – hey, I just got a picture on here. I'm going to go hunker down because I know he's coming back. You know, yeah, that's a little bit unfair. Well, one of the things, too, is that you, you Yeah, what but you that's only on private land, so the, what does it matter? It doesn't affect anybody on public land. What no, do you that's mean? True. Mine's all private land anyway. But the neighbor might not appreciate it because that deer he was seeing while he was waiting for many, many days in the stand never came back, never Maybe knew it was Maybe he should gone. get a trail cam. He might. That's what I was going to say. He should have got him some trail cameras. <laughs> but one of the things you did mention, Jim, get a was, better feeder. is that that trail cam allows you to see what you have on your field that's coming through your woods and stuff. But then when hunting season actually comes, how many often do you say, i never seen that deer again? I seen him at the beginning oh, yeah. of season on the camera. Never seen him again, and you wonder if some, a neighboring property or he got run over by a vehicle or something. Then the next year, you put that camera back up, and lo and behold, there he is. What, what amazes well, that me? When I shot the year before last, never saw him on any of the cameras. Nobody around there had ever seen him, that's, and that's... he was just traveling during the rut. Yeah. I happened to, you know, get, you know, blessed and lucky of being at the right place at the right time. That's what I was just getting ready to say is how many of them deer 
that get shot never manage to circumvent every trail camera a person has on that property. So you're saying the trail cameras aren't uh, 99.9% reliable on you actually getting the deer that you were out there targeting? No, I think we are like about 60% successful in placing them in the right positions. Oh, yeah. 60%. Yeah, there's going to be some that come through there that will never venture in front of a trail camera. And that's just the way it is. You know, they don't get big by being stupid. Mm-hmm. Well, nope. I'm just going to sit there regardless. And trail cam, <laughs> no trail cam, and one comes by, one does. I did that for many years. Yeah. For many years, I ate someone oh, else's yeah. venison. <laughs> that, that, that's me. I, I'm going to sit there whether I see something or not. If i got a place I'm going to hunt, I'm going to hunt it. And, you know... I'm not, there might be something come through there, and it may be the time that I'm sitting there, and it may not. You know, I can't really control that. That's a good surprises. Yeah. Well, well, Jim, what oh, kind yeah. of what kind of cameras do you have? What do you use? Um, we've got we've got some of the uh, the uh, Bushnells that are a few years old. Right now, we're in the process of kind of maybe converting over. You know, we tried that new one that we bought up there at the show a couple weeks ago. You know, uh, me, Bob, and Mike all three bought one. And uh, we're going to give those a shot and see how they work and then kind of go from there. You know, we've got, uh, we've got two of the live remote cameras out there. that uh, Those are pretty awesome. But, uh, you know, they're, they're really not down in areas that were hunt. They're more down in bedding and feeding areas to see the direction of travel, where they're going to, where they're coming from. And it gives us a, a good chance to see some deer that we don't normally see on some of our other cameras. Yeah, I've got those. I've got those signal boosters. They should be in this week, Mister Jim, too. Oh, cool deal! Because I'm definitely going to have to come and uh, get hooked up on it too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've got a seven point that's on one of our live cameras that uh, I've seen him for three years in a row, and he's been the same seven point. So I told everybody that's up there this year, I said, you know, if you see this particular deer here and, you know, they've all got photos of it, I says, you can go ahead and take it out of the herd. Yep. Well, there you go. It's it's, game management. Good one, but that's it, you know. Well. Anyhow, y'all, y'all definitely have a great day, man. And, uh, you know, the only time I'm going to ever quit listening to the show is when y'all quit putting it on the air. No. Well, we appreciate you, Thank you so much, man. Thank you, Jim. Get out there and go right, up. Man. Go out All there right. and go check them cameras, man. Let us know how it's going. But that's he just made a perfect point. That just illustrates my point right there. What point is that? Yeah, that, yeah. Just, what point? You're managing your herd. That illustrates my point right it's there. Not your herd. It's a my herd. It's deer herd. It's our herd. Yeah. There you go, well, Dennis. <laughs> you're welcome, Bill. Dennis. Hang you're on the welcome. line. Dennis, stay on the line. We got to take a quick break. We'll get to you when we come back. We are big and wild. Brought to you by G Five Feeding Outdoors. Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. And welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors. Man, this show's going by pretty quick. What are you doing over there? Good morning, Dennis. Dennis. Good morning, guys. How are you today? I'm doing just fine, heading to work. This guy uses trail cameras. Do you really? Yeah, I sure do. Uh, you you cheater. cheater. Welcome to the club, cheater. Cheater. And, and I tell you, he probably uses radar cameras as well. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, but not anymore. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Now. Oh, yeah. That's even, uh, well, you got cameras around you then. There you go. <laughs> that's probably so. 
Well, Dennis, what's um, good this week? I missed you Thursday evening at that seven o'clock meeting. I had to put some, uh, I had a brake caliper lock up, so I was late for the meeting. Oh, that's but when good. I showed up, you was gone. And you was yeah. Quick. We didn't have a real long meeting there. I, I need to give you a call and, get, and catch you up on everything. But um, I uh, just wanted to to go over with everybody about the uh, archery clinics that are coming up on August sixteenth. That's uh, going to be at First Baptist Church of Plant City. Um, we're actually going to be. Um, there's a little small church that we we have our youth uh, ministry at. It's, it's at 103 Johnson Road, which is right across the street from that Brandon ER in Plant City and um, and Alden. If anyone knows where that's at, yeah, it's right on the corner of Johnson and uh, Jim Redmond Parkway. Yes, sir. So um, our, we got both clinics starting up uh, that that August 16th, uh, 6:30 to 8:30. Um, the first clinic is only uh, an hour long with the uh, small people. And then we have the Boeing Clinic, which is a two-hour, two-hour-long clinic. Uh, you get an hour of instruction, and then an hour of range time, and and then um, it's Tuesdays and Thursdays for for four weeks for the uh, for the Boeing class, three weeks for the for the little people class. It's a great time, and uh, I'm looking forward to. It. I say I'm looking forward to it. Next thing you know, it's uh, weather. Everything happens at the same time, but I, I, I'll, I'll I'll be there. That, that that's you know you do what you can do that's all we uh that's right we put it out there and and then uh the people show up and it's a great time i mean we teach our tree but we also teach you some good uh um just to try to get you closer to have a close relationship with our lord jesus christ and and uh and point you towards the the, the creator that that made us possible to be able to go out there and hunt and fish and do everything that we love to do amen brother Yep, you're right about that, Dennis. So everything kicks off on August the 16th. Is that a Thursday or Tuesday? It is a Thursday. So it's going to be Tuesdays and Thursdays. We're starting on a Thursday that, that week. Give everyone a little time to, to get in that school uh, mode before we uh, jump them right into uh, uh, an after-school activity. And then um, our actual hog hunts are on the second weekend of September. And then we'll have one class right after that, and I kind of look at like a follow-up class and see what everyone did and how they liked it, and what went right, what went wrong, that type of thing. And and then um, and then we'll break for the uh, for hunt season, starting up on the weekend after that. Mm-hmm. Man, I like the sound of that. Was that part of the uh, meeting notes that uh, I need to get caught up on? Is that you're going to actually have a class after the hunt? Uh, well, no. It, I don't think I brought that up, but anyways, there's a couple couple other things I'll I'll get with you, and it wasn't anything real big and serious. I try to keep my meetings short so uh, everyone has lives. You know, they got to get in and get out type thing. So, yeah. um, but we're looking forward. We got we're going to try to do a bow fishing clinic in the spring. But when the Nile perch start getting on the beds, we're going to try to have that set up where we're actually going to uh, instead of a bow hunting class, we're trying we're going to try to do a bow fishing class and. I'm going to work on getting equipment in the next few months on on that. So uh, if anyone's interested in that, um, they can definitely uh, look forward to the coming out there in the spring. Where you, where are you going to have them practicing that at? Well, we got a couple guys in our church that have ponds. Uh, I know one specifically that has uh, some some uh, good now perch that are easy to see, and then I'm going to work on a couple other places that we can go. It'd be, be more bank fishing right now. Um, I don't have any boats lined up or anything like no, that. No, no, so I just curious. I'm looking if, for suggestions or or uh, anything like that. If if you guys can think of anything, no, we're there some equipment. 
absolutely. Well, again, Dennis, uh, that's going to be August the 16th. That's a Thursday evening, 630 to 830. Uh, for those who are interested or may want to come out, uh, it is a, a family atmosphere, so it'll be a great time. $50 for the first shooter. Uh, for the the hunter's class, and uh, that includes the hog hunt. So where can you go and learn how to archery shoot and then be able to go on a hog hunt afterwards? I've never heard of such. But what a right. great, great time, great atmosphere again. And, of course, it is a uh, uh, a Christian-led base uh, class. We, uh, as, we, as you mentioned, we, we do men- bring a, a lesson in our Lord and Savior. And, of course, uh, it also – it's a great time to experience archery. If you've never done it before, you have all the equipment, so you don't have to have your own archery or your bow and arrows. We furnish all of that. And uh, how many are we limited to? Uh, well, we're right around 20 as far as bow hunting class. For the uh, little people class, we can push it up to 30. So, so we, everyone shares equipment there. So we still the, have a little uh, bit yeah. of room. And, uh, again, oh, absolutely. yeah, so how? what do they need to go to? Trinity Sportsman's I think Facebook. They go to Trinity Sportsman Facebook page and uh, they uh, message me there or through the website and get my contact information and, and call me directly and I can uh, can register them and uh, they they pay the day of the event. That's right. So that's Trinity Sportsman's All the information's right there on the website. You can contact Dennis. Get signed up, Dennis. We got to take a quick break. Thanks for giving us a call and a heads up. And, and that uh, all right, guys. All right. And that bow hunter certification comes they'll certify you that's correct you will get a bow hunters education card after the class we are big and wild brought to you by g5 feeding outdoors brandon ford we'll be right back a tree fell (laughs) (laughs) do you think anybody hears it Uh, i don't know maybe squirrels squirrels might hear it yeah welcome back big and wild outdoors during the break i did get reminded my i reminded myself that is that I never really finished up the story to Bill George that he's got to well, be on the lookout when he's up there in PA now because he's going to have to prepare himself and then treat himself to make sure he doesn't get one of those new invasive longhorn You ticks. mess with the ticks, you oh, get the horns. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Wait, you're saying they uh, hitched a ride on a Toyota to get over there to uh, Pennsylvania? Uh, it could have been. You know, but Bill drives that Chevrolet. Oh, you know, he drives that Suburban, so... Yeah, but they were... When we first talked about this tick, uh, they was first newly discovered in New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey on a sheep, and that was where it was first detected back in March of this year. And then, of course, uh, the second tick to be found was found in Pennsylvania, in Bill's home state. What'd they find it on? A sheep? A horse? Well, cow? as we were talking about the game trails earlier, the cameras that was, and uh, apparently they had a deer that was on camera that looked sick, and they thought it had the CWD. <gasps> so they uh, took and dispatched the deer, only to find out it was suffering from pneumonia. <coughs> yeah, it had oh. pneumonia. Oh, oh, you went, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They used a, tra- they used a tool, a trail camera, mm-hmm. to actually, oh, to kill a deer. That, there you go. That was... Uh, <laughs> Jerk suffering from an illness. Yeah, but you know what? It was, you know, look at it this way. Like I pointed out, some private citizen probably had one out there, saw a picture of it, called his DNR and said, hey, look, man, I got this sickly deer. Is this, you know, you might want to take a look at this thing because I think it possibly might possibly could have got them ahead of an epidemic. Might have chronic wasting disease. But so on the upside of that is you got to look at it. All happens for a reason. And of course, uh, when they collect all the ticks off of the deer, they send them up for uh, testing and 
sapling and found out that, of course, there was the second tick from Asia, native to Asia, Japan, and all out that way. The The longhorn was found on the deer. And that thing is supposedly a really nasty superbug because it uh, not only carries a plethora of diseases, uh, is capable of carrying a plethora of diseases... (laughs) But it's also uh, it doesn't uh, it doesn't require. Oh God, I'm sitting down here by a four year old. <laughs> it doesn't require a male to reproduce, from what I understand. That's correct. Uh, so that's really what makes it even that much more oh, of an issue. But it's not like the common deer tick in New Jersey, longhorn ticks, and of course the one in PA now are very small and can be so. difficult to detect on. <laughs> People and humans, because it's a little bit smaller. Even though you, when you hear the word longhorn, yeah, you think about Texas cattle, Stop. of course. And Stop. Of, and of course, the uh, you know, with it being that that small, it says, and then, but they're native from China, Korea, and Japan. I'm so. trying, trying to be I, serious. Here. I'm just trying to picture a person whose job is to pull all the ticks off of that deer <laughs> some university student that's uh, trying to get it uh... <laughs> this is your intern what's your internship yeah, yeah, I'm, picking, I'm a tick puller picking ticks off of the Here, uh... here's my question though since this is new jersey and you know up in that area they don't believe in like killing anything or doing anything no, that, no. in that way are they going to go now to the orient and find the bug that eats the tick and introduce it to the that would, ecosystem only, and, that would only happen if it was in Florida. But here I mean, you go. Then we'd have to bring over some Burmese or some tree python or something that kills the uh, that eats the longhorn tick. You know, oh I look at it this way: they must not have a lot of possums out there in New Jersey anymore to keep the tick population down as uh, as they are known to do. But you know, it just tells you how important the job of uh, you know. All the import guys are with Homeland Security and stuff. All it takes is a couple of ticks and get on somebody's clothes. They take it home. And, you know, Heck, comes it could have from- come the way we travel in the the world now. I mean, you could be in China one day and the United States and then some other country. You know, we're moving around this world like never before. That's why we need more trail cams. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Glenn, Jonathan, and Bill in the studio today. We are brought to you by Brandon Ford and the fabulous folks out there at G5 Feeding Outdoors. Go out there today and check out the new uh, Gator golf cart they got out there. They got the FSU one now. Now they got the Gator one out there. And it's a beautiful little cart out there. Upholstery's done with the Gator symbol and everything. We'll have to go harpoon it. Harpoon Uh -uh. it? (laughs) Give it a shot. All right, we'll be back. You guys stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. Braden, Glenn, Jonathan, Bill George, all in here, Big and Wild Outdoors. Thanks for joining us this morning. If you want to give us a call, you know, you're uh, double dared. It's uh, 888-404-1010. It's 888-404-1010. Any of the uh, topics that we jump on that strikes your fancy and maybe makes you upset. Or uh, maybe you agree with or whatever. We'd love to hear from you. You know, you can call us anytime I'm you sure want. I'm sure that'll to. happen the next hour. 888-404-1010. That's uh, our number to call. I'll be listening. 888-404-1010. Jonathan's getting out of here at 9 o'clock. Vince is going to come in and hang out for a while. And apparently uh, he's going to be bragging all over us about the uh, his trip to Louisiana. And uh, maybe even have his little captain out there from uh, the Cajun State to give us a call. And let us know how things really went. Because we'll ask him the I'm hard a, questions. Ready to go on a bow fishing trip with Vince? 
Are you going to go yeah. uh, anytime with uh, Twisted uh, Limbs out well, there? I've, uh, they've all friend requested me on Facebook, and we've been, we've been talking for the last couple of weeks. So I'm, uh, I'm trying to get something set up with them. I would like to. Uh, I would like to get the kids out there and maybe give it a shot. Maybe next weekend or something mm-hmm. before school starts and gets into full swing. I know. Uh, it's. Uh, I think our start on the 14th or 15th or something like that. I can't remember. And uh, they'll show up when they get there. I just and, try to stay out of it. And uh, I'd like to go do one last hurrah type dealio before before school starts kind yes. of deal. So um, it'll be a lot of fun. And it'll be a lot, a lot of cooler. I, I thought bow fishing would be really fun because it's, you know, out there in the dark. It's nice. It's cool. It doesn't have to be dark. A little breezy. It's nicer. It's fun out. It's a different like adventure at night. At night. Yeah. I do too. I, one of the best times I ever had. And we... we Started off really slow is when me and Glenn went out there and took the uh, young lady out there from the uh, the uh, Airboaters Air magazine. Dude, we'd just being out there in the dark and following that light around, seeing all those fish dart around. Man, it's it's actually it's fun. It's, oh, it's I, a good time. And the I'm best, just saying you're not restricted. It's more relaxed, best, I think. The, the the best part, well, the funnest part about doing bow fishing at night with having all those big headlights on the front of the boat, you never know what you're gonna run up on. Could be a great white shark. So, Could be. Could be a giant. In three foot of water. The Meg. Great white shark. Are you going to go see that? The Megalodon? Yeah. Absolutely. Bar- Barrett's convinced that they're, they're still out there. They're well, it depends on what stories you want to read. This, this is my whole take on that whole comment and statement of that. 20% of the ocean is mapped. That's all I'm going to say. Well, you know, I mean, he actually, uh, he and my brother uh, got into a little debate about it. He's like, you really think they're really out there? And he's like, let me show you the videos. <laughs> and so he's, he's uh, got his YouTube proof, you know? Uh, uh, so it's, uh, all I know is things that we believed and had written off as extinct mm-hmm. have been refound in this world. Yep. Okay. No way. Yeah, way. Why can't we talk that way about fire ants? You know, it used to be. Remember when we used to get bit by fire ants a long time ago? And now, yeah. Thanks to gasoline <laughs> and, and diesel. Don't give up the recipe. <laughs> yeah. Well, a little, uh, and an old styrofoam cooler, it does wonders. <laughs> Not and that I would just, know anything about that. I have no idea what they're even talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, hunting season underway. People down south are uh, killing deer. And I wanted to uh, kind of get into it uh, this hour before uh, top of the hour. Next hour gets crazy. Did you see, I think, uh, the first week, that real chocolate-horned buck that was taken? Uh, that's their description, chocolate-horned. Uh, I, I say that, antlers, but they say horned. Chocolate-horned uh, buck that they shot down south. Gorgeous deer. I call uh, them pine sap. And... Uh, very dark, uh, nice 10-point this gentleman got down there. And I looked at it, and I said, you know, they're like, man, that's a really good. And they always say it. They always preface it with this little phrase, and it drives me nuts. What was man, it? Man, that is a good-looking Florida deer. Florida yeah. meaning that I'm like, and of course you get on there and go, what do you mean by Florida deer? Well, you know, it doesn't have the mass, and it doesn't have the thing, and it doesn't have that like you have up north. So, you know, you got your Florida deer. And I said. Uh, Actually, it's Osceola white, too. <laughs> yeah, it's below 70. Uh, the thing is, is it does make you think, because if that deer would have had the proper nutrition, the way that Jonathan spends his thousands of dollars to, to feed his deer and things like that, if you look at that deer, what it is 
now what it could have been if it had the proper minerals and nutrition and all that kind of stuff if somebody had taken the time for it out there. That thing would have literally been a monster because it was a big-bodied, big, big deer. Yep. And I, I just think that, you know, on private land and, uh, you know, they take advantage of that and they use that situation. But I think this gentleman got that one off of, um, was it off of public land? I can't remember if it was off of public. I, I don't remember. I don't but recall where it came. The, the, the whole problem is, is the genetics are here. It's, I don't, I'll argue that till my face is redder than the color of this light on the microphone. The genetics are here. You just, you know. The people gripe about the horn restrictions. I mean, look at what that's done in the short period of time and two years of the bucks. Like People like Nick and everybody else will tell you that they're taking off the management areas. I don't think they kill enough does, but that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, but, well, they don't. You know, I mean, that's that, that also speaks to the point of a tag system, which the four people sitting in this room, Three. you know, aren't really against. So... Three. Three? There's yeah. four of us in here. Yeah, but one of them doesn't like it. Who doesn't? Who? Glenn. Glenn loves the tag system. I, I abide by it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real delayed response. Were you a couple months ago for restricting and putting restrictions on what you can harvest and all that? I, I don't know about the restricting anything other than the fact that if they would like to put some type of reporting system in uh hey yeah. without a tag system just report it they get a tag system on your license and you peel it off and have to stick it attach it affix it to whatever nah so it's a two mile long license because you could have 400 no, some you tags. could do no, whatever because it, you use your you use your number and when you tag it in you know you you, you use your number that's on your Here's what's ID going to card, happen. And you do it that way. If they ever started that, it's going to start out on a um, honor system first. They're going to want you to report it. And whenever that day comes, that, hey, when you get a deer, uh, we would like for you to call this in and tell us, give us some general information about it. When that starts happening, then the tax system is shortly behind it. Well, yeah, all which, I is can all, say, which is all good. All I can say is pay particular attention to the new rule proposals for this coming year. Yeah. Uh, you know, I look at it this Troublemaker way. Troublemaker, Bill. You know, you know, I'm you getting don't, him a shirt. You don't have, you don't have a <laughs> the problem. Agitator. There you go. <laughs> you guys, you know, you don't have a problem when you uh, apply for a gator tag or your gator license, and you go out and they send you those two little zip, you know, those lock little tags out there. What's the difference if you had, uh, you know, two blue ones and uh, two pink ones so that, you uh, know, that you put your two does can, on and you put your two bucks on, you click, 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 and you're done. Can I say it? I can have I say no it? problem with Go it. ahead. Can I say it to Bill? It, that, would that give them data oh, to yeah. know what's going on? Because well, sure they would. need data. For years they have said they have plenty of data, <laughs> but what they have. Yeah, the same amount of data they have for Goliath Grouper. <laughs> Well, the data has these humongous blind spots, and that's anybody under mm -hmm. 16 that that turns around and is out there hunting. We have no way to even solicit public co or comments from those on their harvest or anybody who's over the age and doesn't need to have a license Over anymore. 65. Yeah. The problem that here versus our northern states is that we don't have a large doe population. We have... I guess you could call it. We have plenty of those. We have, we do. And they're in kind of like a, uh, a, I don't know, I'm using it for the proper word, but 
it's kind of like here you may have a bunch of does, but over here you just have a doe-buck ratio, a good doe-buck ratio, two to one. That's why you get the data and you open up certain counties but, and you allow more doe is, tags in certain so, areas than you do in other areas. As Bill always likes to allude, and, of course, that's old news that you used to share, was that if you went out and hunted every day in the state of Florida versus all the zones that we have, you could potentially get legally over 200 deer. 400. Yeah. 400, yeah, I was about to say. So, and... So that's kind of one of them per things. Per person. Is that individual going to do per that? Person. No, but potentially could they if they chose to, if they had nothing else to do but hunt every day of their life for the I'm whole season. I'm waiting for the guy to actually try it, somebody to try it. I'm waiting. So it's it's not it's not something that someone's going to do. But if they did, well, then they're in the law. However, I, to get I, back to the thing, should we have a tag system? I'm not in favor of a tag system, but I'm not against it. Let me ask I just want to know what would be – what, it depends on what Not, their proposals are. How many deer are you going to be allowed? Because we already know that we don't have enough support for everybody to have eight or seven does like our Georgia state and three bucks. I just, just told saying you, it, four. Just, it just doesn't have it. It couldn't support every hunter in the state four of Florida. Go out and if, four if, deer general. If you four were deer. going to put a number two bucks, on two what does. you think is is acceptable, what would you think the number would be? Well, for me. It would be different from no, you or no, from anybody no. else. So what everybody has think? their own opinion of what number that would be. Me, personally, five deer would be plenty for the year. Five deer total. I'm going but, in the six to eight category. I'm going four. So if you took five deer, are you going to say, no, you just go out and you take five bucks? No, you go out and you go and you purchase another doe or, or buck no. license if you want to go out again. So the state of Florida cannot support for me to go out, I think, this is my opinion, to take and go and take two bucks and three does, and everybody have that same opportunity. I think the state you don't is have in, to take three does. I don't think the state is proposing or looking to pose allow you to take more than that number of does. I, I just they, don't. I, I just don't see it. I, you know, it's it's one of those things. You go in there, you buy your inner deer, any deer tag, which gives you a buck or a doe. And then you buy two duck uh, doe tags, and that way you can either get three does and one buck, or you can get one buck and two does, and then go buy another one if you're allowed to in that county, or go over to the next county and say, are there any available in Hillsborough County? And they go, yeah, we got oh, a thousand available over there. Now you're managing it way too tight. Yeah. Whatever. I, that's, I mean, that's right. every day in Missouri. So we got to take a break. It is the big and wild outdoors. Uh, we're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Fort. And when we come back, i got to ask you a question that I called Bill George on about last week after the show. See if maybe you like this idea, because it's a pretty good one, I think. So we'll be right back. <laughs> 